jump straight into it this morning and we're continuing our series in Proverbs, practical wisdom that we can get from Proverbs. Today is actually the last Sunday and next week we move into a new series. Uh, and this morning is an interesting proverb. Actually, it's, it's probably not one that you, would, you may have read, you may have heard of, uh, but the reason I chose it is purely because I like the sound of one of the words. Uh, which we'll get to in a little while. Uh, several years ago, we put our house on the market and uh, we had to obviously, as you do when you put your house on the market, you prepare it for sale, you clean it, you tidy, you do all that kind of stuff. And I remember walking out backyard and there were just uh, winter weeds uh, this high um, all over the pavers and it wasn't even winter. It was, I don't know what month it was, but it was just everywhere. And I thought, man, this job is going to take hours. It's going to take forever to get this done. And, and so as you do, and maybe this is more of a, a guy thing, I thought I can make something like a, an object or a tool. Uh, you know, I, I got this like a paint scraper and I connected it to a, a broomstick and tried that for a little while, but that was taking too long. And then, then I thought I'll get out the high pressure hose and, and maybe that will help, but it just made a mess and there was stuff. And I borrowed a whippersnipper from a friend friend of mine, I, actually I need to return that, um, I, and then I tried doing that but even that was just horrible, anyway I spent, anyway, stopped halfway through the day because it wasn't working, tried the next day and it took me three days and eventually I said I just got to, I just got to get on my hands and knees, there's only one way to do this, hands and knees, maybe a screwdriver and just get in there and get the job done and it took me a good three hours but I wasted three days trying to come up with something, trying to invent something, trying to avoid doing the task. Has any of you ever done something similar? Hands, show of hands. Okay. Oh, a few of us, not too bad. Okay, excellent. Here's a funny uh, quote here by Frank Tigler. She says this, some people would do anything to be able to do nothing. You do anything. I was trying to do all this to able to do nothing, just to make my job a little bit easier. Now, you may be lazy if you do that. I, I've been known to do that, but you may be lazy if you can relate to some of these pictures. <laughs> You may be lazy if you uh, do that. You can't even use your hands. Uh, you've got to be able to watch the TV <laughs> straight in. You may be lazy. This guy, I don't know if he's stealing it or just being lazy. Who reckons he's stealing it? A few people. Uh, either way. Uh, this guy uh, taking the dog for a walk. <laughs> now, again, they may have a medical condition, and that's okay. And maybe you've taken your dog for a walk like that. Uh, or this one here. This one here is interesting. You got the... Can you see what's happening in this picture? Security guard behind, hiding, having a sleep behind the image. Uh, this one here, I find this ironic, maybe not lazy. He's sitting on the box, uh, which is a chair, which he hasn't put together yet. Um, <laughs> i got a few of those IKEA projects at home. I, actually, I really like this one. We do this all the time. Actually, I only saw it at Carousel last week. Everyone lining up to go on the escalator and the stairs. Plenty of room, but we're not going to walk up the stairs. This one here. Now, is this lazy or clever? Hands up if you think it's clever. Clever, you think it's clever or lazy? He's got the glass uh, table so he doesn't have to hold. Because sometimes, and it's happened to me, you get a little bit tired. And what happens? You drop the phone, bang, right in the face. Uh, now, this one here I think is lazy. The old... Um, just do the two nails, four nails. Why do four if you have to do ten? Maybe she's trying to save money. I, I noticed a few ladies looking at their toenails. Uh, and then this one here. This, is, uh, this gets me going when people do this. Ooh. I don't do that. 
no, I don't. My wife's pointing a finger at me. Now, this one here is the worst. Next one is the worst of the worst. If you do this, you're incredibly lazy. And there's the, you may be the person in the household that does this. There's always at least one person that does this in the household, and it's that. <laughs> the little bit, there is a little bit of juice there. Don't want to throw it out. Don't want to throw it out. But I'm not going to put it in the bin. I'll just leave it there just in case someone else. Hands up if you are that person in your house. Ooh, half a hand. You're the only one. You're the only honest person in this church. I've been known to do that as well. So, so this morning, we're going to be looking at laziness. I know it's a funny subject to be looking at, but actually the, the Word of God actually says that laziness is a sin. Now, you, I don't know if you knew that, but lazy, it, that laziness is a sin. But we kind of see lazy, it's kind of an acceptable sin. You know, when we think of sins, we think of the big ones, we think of murder and the sexual sins and all that lying. And, but actually, laziness, the Word of God actually takes laziness quite serious, and, and especially in the book of Proverbs. Uh, Roman Catholic theology, uh, you may have heard of the seven deadly sins or the seven cardinal sins. It's pride, greed, lust, envy, gluttony, which is kind of excessiveness, wrath or anger. And the last one is sloth. That's the reason I pricked this proverb. Turn to the person next to you and say, sloth. Oh, that's a hard one. I've got a list, but this is going to be a fun sermon. Sloth. Now, when you think of sloth, you probably think of this guy here. Um, They are the creepiest looking animals. Is there any vets in the the church? Is, Is the reason they're called a sloth because they're really slow? Is that... Imagine if it actually did catch you, though, because those claws... Uh, vicious but we think of sloth we think of this kind of slothy kind of image but sloth is a sin sluggard is another term uh, that is related to sin or, or slothness and and so we've been looking through parts of the proverbs we've been picking our favorite proverbs we've looked at how the words we speak have an impact on people we've been looking at humility and last week jason looked at how uh walking on the straight path or, or if we walk on the crooked path it'll catch up to us uh, we've got to follow god and, and we've, we've looked at that, but this morning we look at sluggard and sloth. Sluggard and sloth. When we look through Proverbs, there's actually, and we haven't covered this because we haven't done a proper study on uh, uh, the book of Proverbs, Solomon, the author, he, he introduces the, the readers to a few characters. Uh, there's the, the wise is one character, there's the fool is another character, there's the, the simple, uh, there's also the scoffer, there's the glutton in, in the book of Proverbs, there's also the miser, haven't heard that term for a while, the miser, uh, you know, it means someone who probably doesn't buy you a coffee, you're miser, um, and, and I've never been referred to as a miser, but, but it's an interesting one, and, and the book of Proverbs talks about the miser. But also, the book of Proverbs talks about the sluggard, the sloth. 13 times, Hebrew word is either translated sloth or sluggard. There's another 15 references to laziness. Uh, Slothful is is defined as a habitual unwillingness to exertion, uh, apathy, laziness, or failure to act and utilize one's talents. Now, you're thinking physically because it does relate to being physically lazy, but there's also a spiritual aspect to this. There's also even just using our brain and not just going through the motions. The word sluggard describes a person who is habitually inactive or lazy and then sloth without care, spiritual apathy. 
We have uh, seen uh, sloth is also in the book of Proverbs connected to this, this self-pity. Oh, oh, everything's so hard. My life is so hard. There's no air conditioning. So it's that kind of sloth, sluggard type feeling. And um, the thing is, Proverbs, and again, even throughout Scripture, the, the Bible says, hey, be careful because laziness is, is not good. It's a sin and it leads to other things. Look at uh, Proverbs tw- uh, 16, 27. Idle hands, have you ever heard of this verse? Idle hands are the devil's workshop. Idle lips are the, his mouthpiece. So idle hands, not doing anything, not thinking, just being lazy leads to other things. The devil comes along and tempts and before you know it, you're doing things that you shouldn't be doing or things that aren't good for you. Thomas Aquinas, uh, one of the early church fathers, says this, Sloth is a spiritual vice that causes a person to forget their religious commitments. Sloth is what keeps us from responding to our even simply keeping or even simply keeping the commitments that come with professing to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Why are they sinful? Because actually it stops us living out the life that Jesus has called us to live. It stops us uh, to fulfill the call, the, the mandate to be a follower of Jesus. That actually to be lazy is to push a thing against everything that God has called us to do. We go right back to the, the beginning in the book of Genesis, the garden. God has, has, has given us a task and he actually says we are to work. And actually to work is a, a good thing as well, to use our hands, to use our brain. To, we've been given talents and times and all this stuff and we're actually called to do work. And when we're not working in the good sense, now working can also become a God, but to work in the good sense is actually good for us. And we're called to live life, not just go through the motions of life. If, if we go through the motions of life, we're actually dishonoring God who gives us life, who breathes life into us, that every second of our life is valuable and that we shouldn't use it and waste it. We should use it well. And so this, this concept of, of sluggard, and sloth is not good. If I was to say the words Sodom and Gomorrah, Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, you, you probably heard of the story in the Old Testament, the two towns, that, the two cities that God destroyed. And, and I just ask you a rhetorical question, why did God destroy those two cities? Now, you're probably going to answer uh, the, the sexual sin. And there's truth to that, that these two cities were destroyed because of their sexual sin. They were just up to everything. And God looked and said, no, nah, this is not good. But it was actually some deeper truths. Look what Ezekiel 16.49 says in regards to Sodom and Gomorrah. It says that this was the sin of Sodom. She had pride. Now, again, there was all that sexual stuff that was going on. But she had pride, fullness of food. Fullness of food is this excessive aspect. And then an abundance of what? Idleness. Isn't that interesting? Uh, uh, the ESV puts it like this. Uh, Sodom she w- and her daughters had pride, excess of food, and prosperous ease. Isn't that interesting? A prosperous ease. Uh, and, and I reckon if we were to look at our society today, now not everyone, some people have it really hard, but for the majority of us, what do we have? Prosperous ease. You only have to know when the power goes out, you, you realize how much prosperous ease you have because you're like, whoa, this is really hard. Um, and, and we know the majority of the world live like that. So for us, this is actually really important that we have to be careful that we don't fall into, because of this prosperous ease. Now, prosperity is a good thing. 
with prosperity there comes blessing there, there comes education and, and health care and, and all so prosperity is good but with prosperity there, there is a danger that we fall into this excess of food and eating and this sluggard-like behaviour can come out of it. doesn't mean it will, but can come out of it. Uh, there's a quote here by an author, um, Michael Hoff, and, and he, this is a novel that he wrote, and it's from the novel, and some people have taken it, and uh, some people disagree with it, but I reckon there's some truth to it. This is what they say, he says, he says, hard times create strong men, Strong men create good times, men in the, in the sense of humanity. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men, and weak men create hard times. And there's this uh, selenical kind of uh, view of, of humanity. Now, again, I'm not, it's not, uh, you could argue against it, but I reckon there's some truth there that strong people, uh, hard times create strong people and then strong people create good times and, and then good times, what happens? It, well, we get used to this prosperous living, don't we? We get idle hands and then what happens? Then there's this kind of bad time. So I think there's some truth to this. And I think Solomon, the author of Proverbs, knows this because he had everything and he's warning the, the next generation, hey, hang on. It's not just about what you have. You've got to work. You've got to have wisdom. You've got to have this. Now, let me just say, Christians, we are not saved by works. We're not saved by the things we do. Okay? We're saved by grace, that God shows us grace. We can't do anything uh, to, make us God, to make God love us anymore. But actually, out of that love, we respond by doing good works. The book of James says that actually our faith is demonstrated by the works we do. So it's not the works that make us right with God. It's actually the works that demonstrate our love for God. Does that make sense? And actually we're called to be servants. What do servants do? They work, they serve, unless you're a lazy servant. And so slothfulness violates God's, God's purpose. We know the parable of the talents, you would have heard that. Uh, God tells, uh, Jesus tells a story of, of a master who's going away and he has three servants. He gives one five talents, he gives one uh, two talents and he gives one one talent. The guy that had five doubled it, made ten. The person who had two doubled it, made four. person who got one put it in a hole, buried it, went and watched Foxtel, did nothing. Master comes back, hey, I went from five to ten. Well done, good and faithful servant. Hey, I went from two to four. Well done, good and faithful servant. Here's the one that you gave me. See you later. What did, what did, what did the master say? This is really, really strong language. And what Jesus does here, he links laziness to wickedness. He says, you wicked and lazy servant. You don't want that on your resume. Okay, you wicked, lazy servant. And so Jesus says, actually, I give you talents. I give you time. Not everyone's the same. Everyone's different. But just do what, you, with what you've got. Make the best work hard. And you'll get well done, good and faithful servant. But if you're lazy, there's a link there between being wicked and being lazy. So let's have a look at the proverb. Proverbs 6, and we're going to read from 6 to 11. And uh, it's a great proverb. Uh, if you're following, you can read on the screen or in your Bibles. It says, go to the ant, you sluggard. That's the word, actually, not sloth. I love sluggard. Let's turn to the person next to you and say, sluggard. Oh, you've got to give it some oomph, sluggard. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. So it says, go to the ant, have a look at the ant. 
tiny little thing and if you look at the ant you will learn something is what Solomon's saying it has no commander no overseer or ruler basically it's saying that it works it doesn't need someone overbearing it doesn't need someone telling it what to do it's not the uh what's that saying the cat's the way the the mice will play he doesn't have to what the, the ants just get on with the job yet it stores its provision in summer and gathers its food at harvest how long will you lie there you sluggard when will you get up from your sleep I'm starting to feel tired reading this. Uh, A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a bandit. Now, little key point there. Not all poverty is, is, a large percentage of poverty isn't caused by people being lazy. In fact, I've been to some of the um, uh, poorest places in the world, and they're definitely not lazy. They're working hard. So there's a danger in here in just saying that if you're poor, you're lazy. That's not true. But there is a principle that if you're lazy, you could end up poor. And, and that's what the, the author's writing here. And poverty will be on you like a bandit and scarcity like an armed man. So, so great a little illustration there with ants. I don't know if you've ever had ants in your house. Uh, normally every summer, uh, we'd get them in our kitchen and they tend to walk around the edge and you see them. They just get on with their job. They don't really bother you. Don't mind me doing my thing and and sometimes and I'm pretty sure you would have done this you go up and you you kind of mess with the little scent they have a scent line I think and you go like that and it stops the ant so kind of an ant gets there and he kind of looks around and now if that was me I'd be like right smoko we're we're stopping (laughs) I can't go further but what does the ant do he figures it out and then he comes around and then he's off again. Or if you put something in the way, same thing. He figures it out. He doesn't stop working. He doesn't call the union. He just gets on with it. He works out, how am I going to get the job done? And, and, and that's what the author's saying. Look at the ant. Just gets it done. Not lazy. Works together as a team. Gets the job done. Stores things for a rainy day. Gets the job done. So let's have a quick look at some of the things we can learn about not, we don't want to be a sluggard or a sloth. And here it is, a slothful slugger. That is really hard to say with a lisp. And I have one. Sleeps too much. Now we think physically sleeping too much and there's an aspect that the author's saying there. But also just think of um, going through the day where you're just daydreaming. You know, you're not actually there. You're not present. You're just going through the motions. But a slothful sluggard sleeps too much. Proverbs 16, 24, as the door turns on its hinges, so does the lazy man or person um, upon his bed. Lazy people turn up. So what it's saying is the lazy person is on, and the only moving it does is the same amount as a door. Side to side, side to side. And there we see the Proverbs 6, 9. Um, How much is too much sleep? Six hours? What, what, how many hours should you get to sleep? Eight hours? Eight hours. Uh, depending on how old you are, I think young, old, younger people should get more, and if you're a little bit older, you probably get a bit more as well. But eight hours is probably good. Um, but do you know you can actually sleep too much? H- hands up if you would just, you dream of eight hours sleep. A few people, yeah, dreaming of eight hours sleep. Actually, 10 hours, if you get more than 10 hours, and, and, unless you've got a medical condition, I'm not a doctor, I just got this off sermon.com, so um, I'm not sure. But if you get more than 10 hours, it actually starts to become unhealthy. It becomes unhealthy. And again, it kind of makes sense. You're not moving. You're in a sedentary position. So too much physical sleep is actually really bad for you as well. A lot of people sleep, but there's also this sense that the sleep is hiding away from responsibilities or maybe even the pain, escaping the pain. 
if I just sleep and close my eyes and I don't have to deal with that. Um, and the, the other thing about sleep is, is, is you, how much have you missed, how many good things have you missed because you've been asleep? Or how many things that you, you, you wanted to achieve, you haven't achieved because you wanted to sleep in? You know, I'm going to get up early and do that quiet time. I'm going to get up and go and do that exercise. I'm going to, I'm going to get up and see the sunset. And you, and you miss so much because you're sleeping. Sunrise. That's, I get up really late to see the, sun, see the sunset. I'm going to get up to see the sunset. That's my teenagers. I remember uh, years ago when I was a kid, the NBA, the National Basketball, American Basketball League, they had one game a week on Channel 2. And this is going back. Now you can watch it on your phone now. And it was on a Friday night. And I can't remember. It was like 11.30. And I would always, all right, I'm going to stay up. I'm going to watch it. And I'd be trying to stay up. And I'd wake up at 1.30. Game was over. I didn't even know who played. And I felt terrible. You know, you get that feeling. I missed it. I missed out. I missed out. I missed out. I wish I could have stayed up and watched it. But I didn't. I fell asleep. And again, sleep's good for you. But I think, how many things have I missed because of hitting that thing? The snooze button. It's the most annoying noise in the world, isn't it? In Romans, uh, the author says, uh, wake up out of your slumber. And he's saying to the people, wake up out of your slumber. You're sleeping. And they're not sleeping in bed, but you're going through the motions of your faith. You're going through the motions. of Wake up out of your slumber. Because before you know it, Jesus will be back. Where are you sleeping? Are you living full-on lives for God or are you going through the motions? Are you pressing the snooze button? Yeah, I'll get to that, I'll get to that, I'll get to that, I'll get to that. And you don't actually get to it. The slothful sluggard not only uh, sleeps, but the slothful sluggard lacks foresight and preparation. Proverbs 24 says, A sluggard does not plough in the autumn. Uh, he will uh, seek a harvest and have nothing. So basically, while everyone's working like the ants working to get the food he's sleeping or chilling or whatever and then when it comes to, to time he's got nothing there's no there's no reward there's no legacy and i'll think about this it relate this to to all areas of your life your family your kids your your spiritual life your your your, your physical your own physical well-being all of that if you don't put in uh, the work here you not you don't get the reward there I don't know how many times I've said or heard other people say, I want to be, I wish I could play the piano. Well, Gary McGresham spent hundreds of hours practicing. I wish I could run this, a marathon. Well, go out and run. Darren Entwistle, where's he? He spends hundreds of hours running. I wish I knew the Bible better. Well, read the Bible. I wish I could do this. I wish I could do this. I wish I could be that. I wish I, how often do we say that? but we don't want to put in the... Well, it actually requires a bit of work to get the reward, to get the fruit. If you want fruit on a tree, I'm quoting everyone from our, our service today, where's Alan Donald? Mate, he's got the best orchard outside of Italy. He has the best orchard. You, and he's, got the, he's done the work. He's, now, they didn't just start like that. He planted the tree. They grow his waters. He fertilizes it. He sprays it, whatever he has to do. Now he gets to eat the fruit. No spray, sorry, okay. No spray. Uh, all 100% organic. Superannuation's a bit like that, isn't it? Now, again, then probably some finance people will say superannuation's bad and you can invest it. But the principle's like that, that you, you put this money away so, so when you get a little bit older. And I, I, had a, I look at the statement sometimes and I'm like, Siobhan, 
can we get this out? We need this money now. She's like, no, that's for when we retire and you stop working, I go on a cruise. That's what, that's what that money's for. We, we don't, but it's, it's hard when you look at it, but it's saving it for later. It's saving it for later. Spiritually, spiritually, what dividends are you investing in? What dividends are you planning? What, what are you moving forward? Is it lazy, lazy servant or well done, good and faithful servant? Richard Baxter, a Puritan preacher, said, um, oh, where, can you see that? Oh, Tomorrow is always the sluggard's working day. Today is his holiday. You could put that on a T-shirt. Tomorrow is always the sluggard's working day. Today is his holiday. You may have seen the movie, is it Ants or A Bug's Life? The ants do all the work and the big naughty grasshoppers come and take it all until the ants stay up. But thinking ahead, are you planning for eternity? And that starts with saying yes to Jesus. Initially, if you haven't said yes to Jesus, if you haven't become a Christian, there comes a point where actually this all ends. And the Bible is very clear that the decisions we make now in, in the flesh have, will have a consequence in eternity. I think Russell Crowe said something like that in Gladiator. <laughs> the, the, the decisions we make in, on, in earth will echo in eternity. It's 100% true. Where are you investing your time? What are you investing? Are you spiritually, emotionally, physically, all of those things? Jesus says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? Sometimes we spend so much time doing things that actually have no value and no worth, don't they? We waste endless hours. We're not planting into the future. Uh, we're just going through the motions Let's get through this. Slofford sluggards makes, uh, loves to make excuses. Um, look at this excuse. The sluggard says, there's a lion outside. I'll be killed in the public square. Okay, watch out for the lions. Uh, how often have you said, I can't do it. I can't do it, I'm too short. I can't do it, I'm, I'm, I'm too slow. I can't do it, I don't have enough time. I can't do it because I don't have enough money. I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't. You just make excuses. And why do we make excuses? to justify or make ourselves feel better that we're not what? That we're not doing it. So we make an excuse. Oh, it must be right because I've got this excuse. I can't put out the rubbish, I'm too short. Or, or whatever it is. Oh, that seems reasonable. There's a line in the public square. Um, how often do we do it though? There's an interesting principle here though. Proverbs 15, 19 says, the way of the sluggard is like a hedge of thorns. Though, though we may feel like if we're being lazy and not doing things, it's actually easier, easier for us, but actually it's not. It comes back to hurt us, and we're like, man, I wish I got that done. I wish I'd started that assignment earlier. I wish I did that, you know, and, and that's such, such a true principle. All right, let's keep moving. Um, what excuses are you making? Is probably the question I would ask. I love making excuses, but what excuses? In all areas, spiritual, relationships, uh, physical, your health, what ex the gym. He keeps texting me to go to the gym. But look at him. I'm not going to the gym with him. He's built like the Hulk. Stand up. He's like, Anthony, you've got to come to the gym with me. I'm like, nah, not with Carlton. If we're both standing and looking in the mirror, whoo, dangerous. The slothless sluggard has a know-it-all attitude, meaning they're not teachable. Uh, sluggard is wiser in his own eyes uh, than seven people uh, so they, they think they know everything 
the message dreamers fantasize their self-importance they think they're smarter than a whole college faculty um, and then this one here proverbs 14 23 hard work always pays off mere talk puts no bread on the table so if you just keep talking about it that's that's great it requires action it requires a bit of work uh second last one I'll, I'll be interested to see what you think of this one. Slothful and sluggard are irritating to everyone around them. And it says, I'm not saying this, the Bible says this. Lazy people, listen to this, this is so good. Lazy people irritate their employers like vinegar to the teeth or smoke in the eyes. Have you ever been called in by your boss? Hey, you irritate me like vinegar to my teeth and smoke to my eyes. That's not a good Christian witness, though, is it? If you're, if you're a Christian uh, and you're, let's say, you're the one doing this, that's a bad Christian witness. As Christians, we're, we're, look at the verse right underneath it. Whatever you do, work for, uh, for the soul, work for the soul as the Lord and not for men. Um, we're, we're working for God, regardless of who we are, whether it's BHP, we work, work for Lord, audience of one. Um, it's really irritating working with people who don't pull their weight isn't it now we all go through seasons we all go through times where we're a bit slack and and we don't mind that the other team members help out but it's so annoying when there's one person on the team who's just not pulling their weight everyone talks about them don't they you're not meant to gossip but everyone's like oh man i wish anthony would lift his weight he hasn't vacuumed but whatever it's not a good witness and the last one um slothful sluggard has no internal motivation which how do you get that, I wonder? The sluggard puts his hand in his food. This is it. The sluggard puts his hand in his food but lacks the motivation to get it to his face. So he puts it there and he's like, nah, I can't be bothered. I don't, next point. Okay, three quick points. We've got to really move through this because we're running out of time. One, don't quit. May I encourage you just to keep moving. Keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. The Word of God constantly calls us to not to be afraid, to stand firm, keep moving, don't quit um, in all things. Next one is do everything uh, for, for the glory of God. So have a, an eternal mindset um, that we aren't working for, God, uh, for others, but for God. Um, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Colossians, whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, give you thanks to God and the Father for Him. Have that type of mindset. Even pushing it, putting out the washing, doing the dishes, whatever it is, investing in people, relationships, you, you, it's, it's a godly thing. It's ministry that you're doing. And the last one is this, learn to value time. We think we're going to all live forever, don't we? But we know we're not. Isn't that weird? We all think we're going to live forever in the sense of on earth we are if we've said yes to jesus we live eternally with god but there's a decision to be made here but we we don't value time we go through the motions of time um, be careful to make sure we're valuing time here's a picture of me Jeez, a bit of hair on my head my beautiful wife three kids Jenna there, Josiah in the middle, Michaela. I don't know their ages. This felt like yesterday. Like literally yesterday. Um, even when I put this on the PowerPoint, I had a little tear in my eye. Um, because I'm like, wow, 
how quickly does time move? My window of opportunity to Im uh, influence my children or to pour into my children is getting smaller. Now, it doesn't always finish, and you, a lot of you have transitioned to those next phases. The point is this, it moves. There's us in our Christmas pajamas. <laughs> and uh, my, my son, Josiah, who never, ha never smiles in a photo, he has to always pull a face. But that is so quick, from that one to that one. Why did we buy those pajamas? <laughs> Here's the point. We need to value time, don't we? And you guys could do the same. You could get out a photo and go, wow, where did the time go? Let's invest in those relationships, invest in those times. I did a funeral for a, a family last Thursday. 37-year-old lady died of bowel, bowel cancer. Two young girls, an 11-year-old, and a nine-year-old. Now she was a Christian and incredibly, she prepared her children. She told them where she was going. She, she uh, was terminal and so she had a bit of time. Um, she was so strong and she, the way she prepared her children was incredible. But I, I was doing this funeral and almost like looking at the poor two little girls who now don't have a mum. Now they got up and started to talk about their mum and it was, it was incredibly powerful. But it was actually, it was, it was more for me, the funeral was for me <laughs> because I learned another valuable lesson that time moves quickly by, that we are to value time. Don't waste it. Don't go through the motions of life. Don't be a sluggard. Don't be a sloth. Well done, good and faithful servant is what we want to hear. Last thing is if you haven't said yes to Jesus before, if you haven't become a Christian, if you haven't kind of said, yep, this is it, I believe in this, can I encourage you to really think about it? Even come and have a conversation with me after the service or, or to Jason or someone else you know that is a Christian. Because this, this stuff is serious. There will come a point where we, we stop living and the decisions we've made here will affect where we go in the future. Let me pray. Most gracious Father, we thank you again for the book of Proverbs. So many things that we can learn, practical aspects of wisdom. Lord, help us to be um, people who aren't lazy, but rather, Lord, that we'd be people who, who are hardworking, who love well, who cheer each other on, who are um, full-on followers for you. Help us to be people who invest in our relationships, who invest in, in our own body, spiritually, emotionally, physically, all those who invest in other people. Help us uh, be people who uh, don't go through the motions of our faith, that don't press the snooze button, that don't fall asleep, that we're empowered by your spirit. But Lord, that we would, we would, we would take it and say, you know what, we, we need to do better in this. Father, thank you for your son Jesus. We've even heard today uh, through that powerful testimony that the, the, the shame is gone, the guilt is gone, sin can be washed away, wiped away because of the sacrifice of your son Jesus. And Father, that by saying yes to him, we may have life and have it to the full. We pray this in Jesus' name and everyone said, Amen. Amen.